completely ready for Christmas. How many of you here have still got a few presents to buy? No, most of you are done. Everything's wrapped up, everything's done. Of course, it's this time of year that the, uh, all the retailers, they spend millions of pounds on their advertising budget trying to influence our buying decisions. And, uh, and if you're like me, like everyone loves a bit of a Christmas ad. Anyone love a Christmas ad? And uh, there have been some great ones in years past, some kind of funny ones I, I came across just recently. Uh, so like this first one, this was from a company over in the States called Target. Here is a novel and creative idea that you could use Christmas cards for this year. Look at this clip. Christmas is here. Christmas is here. Ba-la-la-la. The Target two-day sale is happening now. Fa la la la. That that's just a bit weird, isn't it? Although some of you, I see you're noting that down. Oh, I have to try that Christmas. Feels like a fun Christmas game. Or what about one of the things I love about Christmas Day is when you know you've prepared, you've got this great gift, and you give it to someone, and then just the the reaction that they get, that great reaction when when you give them something they're really looking forward to. So a little bit again, like this clip from Best Buy. Look at this. Hi. Listen, I know this is last minute, but do you have any... Daddy, Daddy, I love it! Left in stock? Sure thing. They're just right over there beside... <laughs> no way! It's even better than the one I asked for! Which has a few more features than the... Daddy, Daddy, I love it! Sounds great. I wonder what his reaction will be. I'm sure he'll love it. Right this way. Love that. The best gifts get the best reaction. But have you ever been in a situation where you bought a present for someone and you thought they were going to love it and then it really badly backfired? Has that ever happened to anyone here? Well, well, you'll, you'll appreciate this ad here of some parents who bought a gift that they thought their daughter would love. Well, and it all went a bit horribly wrong. Look at this one. What's the one present you want more than anything else? A pony! <laughs> What's he doing, Daddy? <laughs> Holidays, honey. A pony! Okay. Who wants waffles? Get the hottest new toys at the Toys R Us store on eBay. When it's on your mind, it's on eBay. We've all been there in some shape or form. It reminds me of a story, actually, of um of a lady, a mum who or a lady who was expecting a baby at Christmas, and she went to her little daughter and said, The the big Christmas present this Christmas is mummy's going to have a little baby boy. And uh, and what's gonna happen a couple of weeks before Christmas, I'm gonna go into hospital and it's gonna be very, very painful, but actually then I'm going to bring home a little boy and it's going to be amazing. The daughter was like, wow, this is great. And, and it happened just like that. Mum goes into hospital and it's very, very painful. And, uh, and then she comes home with a baby boy. It's wonderful. Everyone's delighted. And it comes to next Christmas and a few months before uh, the following Christmas, uh, the daughter goes up to mum and said, mum, I've been thinking, like I know it's going to be very, very painful, but do you think I could have a pony this time? Just don't even go there. Don't even kind of think about it. But um, 
But those are quite old adverts now. And of course, everyone is waiting with expectation about what the Christmas ads will be this year. And, and this year, the big chains have gone for it. And so, so we've got the Sainsbury's ad, which has got this cute little uh, eight-year-old girl who's a little bit nervous at first. And then she goes for it. And we have this lavish school production and it ends with this strap line, we give all we've got for the ones that we love. And then John Lewis have spared no expense. They've got Elton John as their, their front campaign. Have you seen the ad that kind of goes back through his career to that very first moment as a child where he was given his first gift of a piano? And the strap line there that says some gifts are more than just a gift. They can change our very lives. And then, and then there's Holly Willoughby. She's fronting the, the Marks and Spencers uh, Christmas campaign, which is all about the must-haves at Christmas, the things that you must have at Christmas. Christmas, just think about that word for a second. Christmas, the reason for the season, Christ's birthday. And so here's a thought as we journey through our short time that we have together. What if the must-have Christmas present is God revealed in Jesus? What if we discover that this Jesus, this baby who grows up to be a man, is more than just a gift? What if in the words of Mr. Sainsbury, Mr. and Mrs. Sainsbury, that actually this Jesus we find a God who gives all he has for the world that he loves. We heard those words that were taken from Luke chapter 2 earlier, that famous moment where angels rock up to lowly, frightened shepherds and declare these amazing words. Don't be afraid. Heaven has broken into human history. Nothing will ever be the same again. Were they right? Does it matter to any of us? Does this story have any relevance to us at all? So there's a little boy and he's, um, he is desperate for a bike for his birthday. And so uh, the night before his birthday, he gets down on one knee by his bed and he prays this little prayer and he says, Dear Lord Jesus, please could I have a bike for my birthday? His birthday comes and disappointingly, no bike. And so he's uh, feeling a bit sad, but he knows that Christmas is coming up. And so in the run-up to Christmas, he's excited and, and he's just about to pray that little prayer. Maybe God will come good this time. And then he has an idea. And so he runs down the stairs, goes into the front room, because on the mantelpiece above the fire is a small statue of the Virgin Mary. And so he grabs the statue. He runs back upstairs, hides the statue in his wardrobe, gets on his knees and says... Dear Lord Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, I need a bike. <laughs> desperate times, desperate measures when you really need something. I wonder this Christmas what you really, really need. What do you, what do you really, really need? Of course, like, like what all these advertisers do, they spend all this money to, to help us to remind us that our lives are less than perfect. And we, if we just spent money on their product, their service, their experience, then they would give us that contentment, that fulfillment, that satisfaction that we so long for. And yet the truth is, friends, like, I don't need to watch a TV ad to know that my life is less than perfect. I mean, don't get me wrong. Surely all of us here, including me, as we think about our lives, there are things to be thankful for. There are good things to be grateful for, to celebrate, not just at Christmas, but all the time. We are blessed for sure. But if your life is anything like my life, we live in joy and we live in pain. We have moments of success and we have moments of struggle and suffering. There are, there are highs 
and there are lows. This is the reality of all of our experience. I remember when I was a child uh, with my sister and my dad would carve the turkey and he'd give us the big turkey wishbone. And Sam and I would grab it and we'd pull it like a Christmas cracker and whoever, whoever got the long part of the wishbone got to wish. I wonder what you would really wish for this Christmas. It's probably, however good it is, not a coat. Like maybe some of us are here and we are wishing for comfort in the face of loss. Some of us are wishing for peace and freedom from anxiety and worry and fear. Some of us are wishing for hope in the midst of what's been a tough year. Some of us are longing for strength because as we look into 2019, we know there are some battles ahead. Some of us are wishing for miracles, a relationship restored, a new job that we've been longing for, finding a way out of a financial crisis. Some of us are wishing and hoping for healing. We've been struggling with physical sickness for a long time or maybe healing from the wounds of others who have said or done things that have deeply hurt us. Some of us, perhaps, we look in the mirror and we wish that we could change. That we know that we're not all that we should be. That, that in truth, as we look back on the last year on our lives, we know that we too are the ones who sometimes said things and done things that have wounded other people. We wish we could change. We wish we could be different. Some of us here maybe are wishing that we could figure out what, what our lives are about. What the whole purpose is, where we find our significance. We wish for all these things. And the advertisers, they, they play on this. Our fears, our insecurities, our questions. And they say, if you, if you just buy this, if you just get this, then you will save yourself and you will be fine. But we all know it's an empty promise. What do you really wish for this Christmas. This, what, this is what makes this Christmas story so revolutionary, so incredible. Angels rock up to lonely shepherds and their message is, you don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to try to save yourself anymore. For God has come to save you. The invisible God has been made visible in Jesus. The unknowable God has become knowable in Jesus. The, the answers that you are searching for are found in him. In the first century, when someone became Caesar, a herald would literally go from town to town, from city to city, blowing a trumpet and declaring to everyone, Good news! There is a new Caesar, and this Caesar will be your Savior and your Lord. He will be your Savior and your King. Look to him, and he will save you. But again, as good as any political leader was then, and maybe so now, everyone knew. Just a man, just a woman can't really save us. And here we are all of those years later from, from those 2,000 years. And, and maybe it's more subtle. Maybe today without realizing we're told, no, this, this, this stuff will be your Savior and King. This new job will be your Savior and King. This amount of money will be your Savior and King. This relationship will be your Savior and King. This look will be your Savior and King. The list goes on. All of these things that we're told will save us and bring us the satisfaction, the contentment, the peace that we're all longing for. And this story 
says, it won't work. Nothing wrong with all of those things. Like we all need a good job. We need money. We need clothes. It's nice to look after yourself, take care of yourself. All of those things are good. But the liberating truth of this Christmas story is simply this, that you and I, we cannot save ourselves because we are not perfect enough. But in this Christmas story, we get this incredible message that the perfect, loving God who intentionally and wonderfully created us has come to save us. Of course, you can't leave the baby in a manger because he grows up, becomes one of the famous historical figures in human history. He made some crazy claims when he was 30, 31, 32, 33 years old. He, he claimed that he was God. He claimed that he'd come to show us what God was like, how we could live a fulfilled life, not living for ourselves, but joining in with what God is doing in, in the world, seeing heaven break out in the world. Because when heaven breaks out in the world, there is peace and comfort and hope and joy and so much more to join with him in that. He made this crazy claim. Even, even a year before it happened, he claimed that he had come not just to live, but to die. You have to go from the manger to the cross. A year before he was crucified, Jesus said, this is what must happen. I have come to die on a cross. Not because he had done anything wrong. Pontius Pilate found nothing wrong with Jesus. But he came to take on our suffering and struggle and the things that cause darkness and even death in our lives. Jesus takes it all on from the cross. He absorbs it on himself. The God who loves us so much that he gave his life for us. And here's the thing. Like, I don't know anyone, maybe you do, who celebrates every year the birthday of a dead person. Think about it. Billions of people across the world are celebrating the birthday of Jesus. His death at the age of 33 is the most famous death in history. We, we measure the whole of our time by his life and death, B.C., A.D. It, it's all centered around him. And that's because I want to suggest to you, friends, that if you, if you dare to look into this, that you will understand and see that the, that the evidence absolutely points to the fact that Jesus did what he said he would do. Not just die on a cross, but three days later, rise again. And so the God who is able to defeat death means that he, can, he has the power to defeat anything that we struggle with. If he can take on that greatest enemy of us all. The, the God who died and rose again has the power to give us extraordinary comfort in the midst of suffering. The, the God who died and rose again has the, the power to free us from fear and anxiety as we receive his love. The God who died and rose again is able to give us the hope that we long for, even when we face battles ahead. The God who died again and rose again has the power to work miracles in our life, to heal us physically and from the wounds of others, and to change our lives, that we wouldn't fall short of all that we long to be, but that we could become all that we were created to be. People who love, people who are kind, people who join in with what God is doing, seeing heaven break out onto the earth. That's the incredible message. Still as true today as it was all the way back then. What an incredible invitation. What will we do with that invitation this Christmas? The God who comes to us, if you listen, and whispers these words. Don't be afraid.
I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not on your case. I'm on your side. I love you. I, I've shown you that I love you. And I have the power, if you would believe it, if you would receive it, I have the power to transform your life, to be your Savior and King, the one that you're truly looking for, that you could be in relationship with me both now and for all eternity. That's the amazing, liberating message this Christmas. That, that's why the angels talked about, like, if you believe this, if you receive this, it will give you incredible joy, even if life sucks. Because you know this God is with you. He'll bring you through. You know that death even doesn't have the final word over your life. What will we do with this invitation this Christmas? What will we do with it? You know, this Christmas, some of us, if we're honest... Hopefully not many, but we will receive gifts that we don't really need. And yet God comes to us this evening offering a gift that maybe we cannot live without. God revealed in Jesus. The must-have gift, not just at Christmas, but the whole of our lives. God revealed in Jesus. The one who gives all he has. He gives himself for the ones that he loves. The God revealed in Jesus. The gift that's more than a gift. The God who comes to love us and bring us what we long for deep down inside. I wonder how you will respond to this. Let, let me make two suggestions to you as we start to draw our evening to a close. Maybe the, the choice you have today is a big yes or a healthy maybe. Well, there may be other choices, but let me present those to you. The healthy maybe tonight is, is maybe, as you're listening to me, you're thinking like, oh, maybe, maybe there's something here. Like, keep an open mind. Don't take my word for it. Why don't you go on a little journey? Look at this stuff for yourself. Like, in our church in January, we run this thing called an Alpha Course, and, uh, and it's really brilliant. It's really relaxed. You watch a short video for about 20 minutes. You eat food, drink wine, have a little bit of beer, chat with some uh, people about what you've uh, looked at, and just... Explore the Christian faith. Explore questions of faith and life in a very relaxed, non-pressure way. What, why not do that? As you leave tonight, there are various different ways that you could explore a healthy maybe. Maybe join us on a Sunday at Zio Church. Like we take our faith really seriously, but hopefully you've sensed tonight we don't take ourselves too seriously. We're a family. People who are journeying, trying to discover what life with God looks like. A healthy maybe choice. But maybe you're here this evening, and tonight is your choice to say a big yes. That throughout all the things that have been going on this evening, and maybe on your own journey of life, you, you've got to a place where you just know, actually, I need a Savior and King. Maybe I need Jesus. I've got questions that I'm still asking, and that's okay. We don't have to have it all figured out, but to reach out to Him. And so in a moment, I'm going to say a short prayer. And the, and the prayer is going to be in three simple parts. And I'm going to invite us in a moment to bow our heads. And it's a prayer that Christians pray, not just for the first time when they want to give their lives to God through Jesus, but they pray every day. It's a prayer that says, sorry, thank you, and help. It's a sorry that says, God, I'm sorry that I thought I would do a better job of leading my life than you, and you made me. You know how I tick. You know how I work. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't put you first. I'm sorry that I have said and done things and even thought things that have hurt me, hurt other people, that I've been selfish, all of those things. Like, that's true of all of us. But thank you. 
Secondly, thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you that you're not distant. Thank you that I'm not a biological accident, that you lovingly and intentionally made me. You want to be in a relationship with me, and you've proved that by breaking into history, living, dying, rising again, reaching out to me right now, offering me forgiveness that I could have a brand new start in life, almost like being born again. Sorry, thank you, and then thirdly, help. Would you help me? Every day, would you help me? Would you, that power that rose Jesus from the dead, would you give me that power to be more loving, to be more kind, to join in with what Jesus is doing, to see heaven break out in the world? That's the prayer. And so I'm going to invite us all to just bow our heads just for a moment. And I'm going to pray this prayer. And as I pray it, maybe as you listen to the words, you will want to think to yourself, do I want to say in my heart, in my thoughts, an amen to this prayer? And so listen to what I say, and as I finish it, if you want to say an amen to this prayer as a way of you saying, yes, I agree with that for my life. And so God, thank you for this time that we've had together, the fun, the singing, all the joy that we've had. We are sorry. I'm sorry, God, that I've not lived up to the person that I know I was created to be. I'm sorry that I chose to live for myself rather than you. I'm sorry that I tried to be my own personal savior. I admit today, I can't do it. Thank you, God, that you love me and that you're for me. And that Jesus shows how much you love us because you came in vulnerability as a baby and you lived and you died and you rose again. And you invite me to be forgiven and begin a brand new life with God. Thank you. Would you help me? Would you come right now and be part of my life every day for the rest of my life into all eternity? I invite you to be my savior and king. Drive away fear. Give me new life, I pray. Amen.